Hello and welcome to the 12 Minutes of Workplace Health podcast. I'm Harry Bliss, CEO and co-founder of Champion Health, and today we're joined by Francis Goss. Francis has over 20 years HR experience and works as a director in the People Experience Consulting team at Gallagher. Not only this, Francis is an advisory board member with Engage for Success, the UK's task force on employee engagement. And today we're going to be discussing everything from employee engagement all the way through to financial wellbeing. Welcome to the podcast, Francis. Hello, Francis. How are you doing? I'm very well, thanks, Harry. Very well. Fantastic. And thank you for taking the time out on uh, on today's podcast. Um, 12 minutes and we've got an action pack session today um, to discuss all things from employee morale, employee engagement through to financial well-being. There's been such a shift in employee engagement in, in the whole industry and, and in the terms of, uh, of how organisations are cooperating with employees at the moment. Where do you see the shift progressing over the next couple of years? Yeah, it's a really good question. I mean, if we roll back 10 years or so, the term employee engagement was relatively new in the HR space. Um, the the Engage for Success movement was launched on the back of the McLeod Review, which was a report to government which really looked at why the UK was underperforming uh, compared with the G7 in employee engagement. But the good news from that report was it highlighted organisations that were doing this really well and focused on the key principles that they had in common. Um, and they were really around strategic narratives, so having a clarity of the direction we're going in as an organisation and aligning our people with that strategic narrative. Um, engaging managers was a key common theme uh, amongst all of those organisations with high levels of engagement. Employee voice, really critical. So the ability to not just listen to our people, but show that we've listened and do something on the back of that. There's nothing worse than an engagement survey that doesn't actually deliver any results. And the final one was really about integrity, uh, leadership integrity so that we walk the talk you know the the classic one we want to be the most green organization but there's loads of black general waste bins in the corner so so those kind of four pillars of employee engagement have really stood the test of time um, they are very much used by many organizations now to form their engagement strategy but that was 10 years ago that was the report 10 years ago where are we going now what does the future look like you know the world has moved on so so much in those last 10 years I think there's a lot more now focus if we look at the piece around purpose in the workplace. Um, I think years ago it used to be that, you know, you've got a job, you're lucky to have a job, stick to it. Now it's much more about, you know, graduates coming to the workplace. What's the purpose of this organisation? Can I align myself with that purpose? So, you know, of course, we're seeing a lot around ESG, which is critical, but but that sense of purpose, but also the sense of well-being. What, what focus does this organisation really have on my well-being, does it matter to them? And is it genuine focus on well-being or is it just lip service? So I think employees are are, are more demanding around around purpose, around the, the goals of the organization, their alignment with their own personal value system, uh, but also that sense in which the organization more responsible for, for your well-being, that can be mental well-being, financial well-being, physical well-being, etc. So we're definitely seeing a shift in, in that, and it's a positive shift as well. I completely agree, and we've seen exactly the same shift um, occurring over the period of time. And we're going to explore a little bit more around the engaged success and the work that you're doing um, on that specific project. But one thing I want to just touch upon is the power has very much shifted from organisations to, to people. Um, and there has been that, that shift of, of focus. How can organisations increase their purpose and increase their employee value proposition um, if they are, for example, in an industry where it's not just blandingly obvious what, what the purpose is beyond 
shareholder profit, for example. Well, we all know that classic story of President Nixon walking by the person sweeping Kennedy Space Center of what are you doing? I'm sending a man to the moon, right? It's a great story and it's used in so many different circles. It's actually really, whether it's true or not, but it illustrates the point well, doesn't it, about that alignment to purpose and the importance of the leaders communicating that at all levels of the organization. I think when it comes to employee value proposition, I had a really, I had a really interesting story of a, a company in the construction industry that were really struggling with engagement with their their work their workforce, and and they started putting up posters around the construction site of the school that they were building and the and pictures of kids learning and the impact that was going to have on the future generations, and that sure enough that saw a huge uplift in engagement levels with that purpose because it, even. Even when it comes to building a school and laying the pipes and all the infrastructure, that sense of we are doing something here that's purposeful. I think the way that organisations yeah. can use communication now to really engage with their workforce is, 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 is far more accessible today than it was uh, many years ago. So I think there's use technology, uh, align with the EVP, make sure that people understand that, yes, this is a job, this is where you earn you know, your money to pay the mortgage or pay the rent, but equally it's a place where you can can feel fulfilled and be fulfilled in the work that you do. And there's a huge amount of work being done. There's um, King's College London are doing a huge piece around purpose in work at the moment and what that means and how organisations can align individuals with purpose. Because goodness knows how much time we spend in work. Who wants to spend their life doing something they're not purposeful about? So that I think communication is key around all of that. Yeah, and I think that's a really important point. And just with the communication, it seems that it's shifted from sort of more traditional means um, to more video-led communications. What are you seeing um, in ways to, to reach people, especially in hybrid workforces, even through to construction sites, for example, of reaching those people to, to give them that strong sense of purpose and again, um, enhance the, the employer brand? No, you're right, comms, comms is key. Um, interesting statistic for you. If you put the word video in the subject matter of an email, its open rate goes up by 300%. So just by putting video in the subject matter, people just click with that. They're interested in it. We, are, it's the Netflix generation, isn't it? We, you know, we consume yeah. information in that way. Um, so use the moving image. Personalization is critical as well. Um, in the pension space, for example, uh, who's, who's it's probably one of the most boring yet most valuable. In fact, the most valuable benefit that employees receive. But yeah. pension organisations always struggle with how do we engage our people in this this benefit. Benefit. Well, send out a pensions video about your future, about how much the organisation has invested in this biggest saving pot you're ever going to have, but then personalise it. Hi, John, last week you put in this, a company put in this, and it was invested in this organisation. So your investments, you know, we ask most employees, you're an investor, they say, no, I'm not. Well, actually, you are. You're paying into a pension plan. You are investing in something. Can we use comms to align people with what they're investing in to bring that extra sense of purpose? There's so many different ways in which we can use really smart technology to engage yeah. people um, in their in you know in their EVP. And I was talking to just on that theme a, a global head of well-being that's starting to to study a, a master's degree in marketing at the moment. Mm. And the reason why is because then they can tailor the communications around well-being, around the, the services, the offerings that the organization's got to the individual demographics and personas across the company. Because often what we get is this blanket approach towards this is what everyone has and what the senior leadership team need is very different 
different often to what a new graduate coming into the workplace for the first time is needing in terms of those communications. So I think that's a fascinating topic. What I'd love to do now is steer towards financial well-being. And I know that's a huge arena. We've touched upon it with pensions, a really important focal point of any well-being strategy. And from what I saw 10 years ago, the physical health space was uh, was being focused on. The last five years, it's been mental health. And the last year now, it's really financial well-being that's the yeah. focal point that we know is having a huge impact upon employee well-being. Have you seen that shift, first of all? And second of all, where can you see it progressing going forwards? So absolutely, that shift is evident um, across the board, needless to say, with the current pressures that everyone is under. Um, the What we're seeing in, in this space is, is if you look at what is financial well-being, and there's lots of definitions of it, but I like to see it as yeah. simply the three C's, confidence um, to make good decisions about your money, uh, control, that sense of being in control of your money. And the third one is really capacity. There's a lot of evidence that if we have capacity to handle a financial shock, uh, that 500 pound boiler going bust, you know, that's going to improve our well-being. The big element that's under most attack right now is control. So all of the news that's coming yeah. through, we're feeling out of control. Interest rates, utility bills, yes, there's been some semblance of control brought there by, by the latest announcements. But nonetheless, that sense of being out of control about money is one of the biggest impacts on financial well-being and that's why we're seeing such a big uplift in organizations looking for how to help our people but with the massive caveat we can't pay inflation matching pay rises so yeah. how can we help our people on what's a relatively tight budget in really difficult times you look at utility bills for the restaurant industry through the roof mm -hmm. retail industry through the roof so you know i think yeah we're, we're going to see this going on into in, into the next few months and years and then a lot of the people we speak to at champion are, are, the businesses are facing um rises in uh, the cost of operating mm. um so as you say we can't always increase salaries to, to the level that we'd like to are there any specific interventions that you've seen that can have huge impact um across organizations or have had huge impact with uh, with some of the companies you've worked with. Yes, there are, and and of course the question is, well, well then how much would they cost? <laughs> because they've got to be relatively low cost interventions as well. Um, one of the most effective ways to support your people is through the benefits they have. And we've done a lot of research around uptake of benefits and awareness of benefits. Um, take for example discount shopping sites. A lot, it's a very common employee benefit. Um, organizations that really push those benefits, the free eye tests and all of the other benefits that they are, cycle scheme, tax efficient benefits, um, shifting over to salary sacrifice pensions. There's lots of ways in which organizations can save and pass those savings on to their employees. And lots of ways they can also support them through through the you know usage of these benefits. Um, unfortunately, uptake is still quite low sometimes with these benefits. They are there, they're available. So communication is key to make sure that employees are aware of them. The other piece is signposting people to support that is available. There is a huge amount of support available. There is debt support. There are budgeting tools free on the website. There are lots of support that's available, um, moneyhelper.org, the government's 10-year strategy on financial well-being. You know, there's it's a case of helping people find the help that they need and talk about it you know it's another big thing that i've seen organizations doing you know video podcasts from their from temp members of the team on the struggles they're having and have had 
breaking down that taboo. It's great we're seeing the taboo around mental well-being being broken down and dismantled. Same around financial well-being. If you're struggling, it's okay to talk about it. If it's on your mind, you didn't sleep well last night because you're worrying about the bills, it's okay to talk about it. There's no shame in that. Um, look for support. It is available. And I think if we can, the more employers can do to create that environment of openness and and, and conversation around the topic the better what an empowering message um and i've got one final question francis and this is something i've been pondering over that a lot of the communications are coming from senior leadership teams and senior leadership teams it's well documented they're paid more money um the middle managers all the way through to, to many of the boots on the ground across the organization and the vast majority of people that we're communicating to so would you recommend it's coming from senior leadership teams in terms of communications or actually we get those real life stories of the boots on the ground, the people that may have actually experienced debt previously um, and maybe in debt and maybe struggling to, to make ends meet? I'm just really keen to, to get your thoughts on that. Yeah, it's funny. I was talking to a graduate at a, it was a, a travel company asking about how they'd like to hear about benefits and pensions. And she actually said, I want to hear it from another grad that's perhaps about four years ahead of me who's been through this journey, I don't want to hear it from the people at the top because they don't quite understand where I'm at in my life with student loan payoffs, et cetera, et cetera. So I think there is that piece yeah. around empathy and really understanding your audience. And it's so important to get this right. It really is because the, it's not just the message, it's who's delivering the message and how it's delivered. And I'm sure we've all got examples of where messages have just landed wrongly in the diversity, equity and inclusion space. It's fraught with risk in that space in terms of the deliverer and the message. So I think organisations really need to think about, yes, understand your audience and understand yeah. who is best to deliver that message with empathy, with understanding. And it's got to be that deep empathy. We know this, don't we? But it's got to be that that genuine, because we all see through it, right? We see, we see through the rhetoric. So it's got to be real, genuine empathy. I've been there and we're going to help you through this. But I do, I think at the same time, senior leaders do have a very important part to play in this um, in, in order to set direction, give confidence. Everyone right now is just looking for who's going to blink first. We're, we're, on a, we're on a ship in an ocean and the storms are raging. You look to the captain <laughs> and you want to see the captain there, oh, you know, saying it's going to be okay. So there's a bit of both that needs to be done. Fantastic. Thank you, Francis, for, for joining us on today's session. Thanks very much. Great to speak to you, Harry. For more exclusive insights and content around workplace wellbeing, please subscribe to this podcast and we look forward to seeing you on the next episode.